the FWZ Lounge. This is the Jamco Talks podcast. Jamco Talks. Jamco Talks. Jamco Talks. With the Jamco. The Jamco. The Jamco. The Jamco. We are back with another guest. I'm talking to my old camarada, Newman99, talking about the old Twitcheroo, the streaming world. Newman moved from Texas all the way to Mexico, which he currently resides right now. We're going to be talking about the old geopolitics, the old conversation of certain cultures and what's going on in Mexico right now, as well as the video game industry and much, much more. It is time once again for another edition of the Jamco Talks podcast. We're back. It's a new year. Holy mackerel, it was only a couple of months ago since I was on the air. But now we're back. Things happen. That's the way it is. 2022, that's the year that we're in. Hopefully, it gives us a little bit more kindness than last year, but I ain't put my bets out. But you can be kind by yourself rather than the things that go on. Joining me today is a top man, a top streamer in the old streaming world. We've had a few streamers, Twitch streamers, on the show, talking about various different issues, various topics as well. And the man that I'm going to be bringing on is a person that actually is interlinked with a few of those uh, members that we have spoken to. Newman99 on the Twitcheroo, 2.3 thousand followers. He does his regular streams with games such as the old Rainbow Six Siege in silence and uh, golf with your friends. Who doesn't love a bit of golf? I do, but not that Mario Golf, because that's a goddamn rip-off. But we're going to be talking about some various Twitch-related subjects, and also some very interesting topical issues regarding the video game industry. And he's actually the first guy that pretty much, I think, uh, is from Mexico. But let's bring him on in. Newman, what's going on, baby? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. No problem. I hear that you were born in the old great state of Texas, in the old United Yes, sir. States. That um, is completely correctly. Howdy, partner. <laughs> but you currently live in uh, Mexico, is that right? Uh, yes, actually. Uh, fun, fun fact, uh, where, where I was born, it's a border city in, in Texas. So uh, pretty much like crossing between countries is uh, pretty much an easy thing for me. Uh, usually when I talk about it, a lot of people are like, like, how is that possible? Like, how can you have it so easy? But... Honestly, it's like pretty much like the people that live in New York City, like having the Empire State Building there. It's like the normal thing. It's the normal thing down here, just going to another country, like nothing, to be honest. Is that the uh, around that Rio Grande? That sort of yes, sir. around the yeah, yeah that's Texas correct. Area? Yeah, yeah, I'm a yep, bit, exactly I, that. That's what separates us uh, between the states and Mexico, actually. Uh, I'm a little bit of a geography nerd. That's why I know all that stuff. I do a little bit of that. I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole, as it were, because, of course, these were hot topics pretty much a couple of years ago. But uh, when there were heated debates, heated conversation about various borders, various walls, and, and even just topical things that have happened over the past you know, decade, 20 years, about uh, you know borders and things like that, do you ever find that, uh, especially nowadays, that there's still that kind of issue with border, with migration, with that sort of... Uh, sort of mentality from americans to sort of mexicans and back and forth over the border oh <laughs> it's 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 i think it's worse than it was to be oh, honest right. uh yeah uh a couple of years ago i want to say like a year before the the whole pandemic thing like a year two years ago we had this uh issue with uh 
you know, Cubans and Salvadoreños coming in, like trying to migrate and they would like start mobbing, not mobbing specifically, but like rioting in the in the what's it called the border bridges because we cross through border bridges because of the of the river and everything so we have to like go above the river instead of like swimming or or, or with boats um so we go over the bridge and these cubans these central american people uh would like pile up there they would try to cross the border and everything and with the whole like that was back in the day with uh with trump's administration like he was very strict with all the immigration laws so that's mm. why the cbp in this case which is the um, the the central, uh, I forgot the, the name, but the, the acronym is CBP. Um, they were very strict with uh, who entered the country and who didn't. And then as soon as the pandemic hit, I got even worse than it already was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Specifically now, like, thankfully, they already opened up the borders for especially Mexican citizens because they still let, uh, let in uh, residents and citizens uh, from the states. So yeah. now that they opened up the borders, uh, besides the crazy wait times that like around an average of three to four hours wait from waiting from, from crossing to Mexico to the States, uh, they do. They're a little bit more strict with they ask now for the vaccination. They ask for they, they they're they're more tedious. It's more tedious to go now into the States being a, a Mexican citizen specifically. You know, one thing that just popped into my head, which uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a, uh, a sidebar. This isn't even in my notes, but because obviously I'm doing a lot of this in a side course I'm doing in psychology. I do remember that uh, there were there was always news stories in the 90s, late 90s, about various people, young people especially, trying to get across that Mexican border for these sort of various illegal suicide drugs that were being uh, sold in that sort of Mexican uh, border, especially because of... Um, course u.s drug rights and even you know across europe as well and i always remember that in my head that that a lot of the time those sort of sometimes call them death pills sometimes they you know do all these things um but it was it was always that sort of the walk to the border to get the uh, the suicide pill and and to obviously you know people who are in physical or mental uh, state to be able to want to go over there and do that have you ever heard rumblings of that in the areas that you've been or even sort of work around or anything else like that in my specific area not that i can think at the top of my of my head like if it was like a couple of years ago obviously um mainly uh people would come here from what was rumored and you know like what would be talked and everything at least here where i live uh would be would be uh about, about all the like people trying to like get away from you know the current or the current violence that was like like happening in my city. Actually, fun fact: my city was considered the number one most dangerous city in the world at like in around 2010, yeah. I want to say. Yeah. Um, and people mainly would come to that either to actually like look for to get into that kind of market to make easy money. But as well as to be able to to cross the the border to sell, uh, you know, like the different various of drugs that they they traffic around and they cross into the states. But specifically, like that suicide pill, that death pill that you were talking about, I'm not uh, not that I can think of that at the top of my head. But but the other rumors, like with that, like people coming in specifically from down south uh, to join these cartels and everything, yeah, that that was pretty common actually. Going down that rabbit hole, of course, drugs and the cartels, and we'll touch a little bit, a little bit later. But the, the sort of ones that I was uh, uh, sort of alluding to, I remember since about two thousand one, there was always a pro euthanasia group called Exit International, and they used to help a lot of Australians, New Zealanders, uh, Americans, uh, and they'd call it like the death in a bottle. It was like a pet pharmacies in Mexico. Obviously, it was Nembuddle that was the sort of concentrated drug that 
uh, was a, a sort of like a poison, but it obviously wouldn't uh, do anything to give you any sort of pains, but it would be put in obviously a concoction with, with other things. And I always remember that being something where they would sell it for like $50 and it was like a hundred milliliter bottles of like sterile liquid as well. And that was always something that was, of course, there's always the, the, the uh, sort of increase on certain drugs and certain times what they need. But I always remember that one because, you know, that is something, you know, that people do seek out, especially, you know, as the mental question and the mental uh, health questions come up as well from people who had like physical issues. Um, you know, most people, uh, had sort of, you know, asbestos-related mesothelioma, all these things for it. But that is one thing that I always remember being quite a hot topic in the sort of secret circles of those. Leading to that is obviously these uh, these cartels you find around a lot of uh, certain Mexican streets. And, of course, there is this almost change over time now as people start to put a little more, more faith in these cartels due to maybe corrupt politicians, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of works those cartels where the people put a trust in them. So if they're overall wanted, you know, you've got people sort of um, almost give you a, a sort of safe, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm sort of losing my words here. Looking for a, a, a sort of a safe bet of being able to have people tell you where you not are, basically. So... I sort of wonder, do you find the influence of these cartels increases as time goes on? Um, it, it really depends. Like, not uh, like I don't want to like sound like 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 not that I'm like like how can I how can I explain this? Like, I don't want to like sound like di like discriminating like social status or anything. But it really depends on like how like 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 how you're performing like in like economically wise. Yeah. Uh, because there's some people like that honestly like know for a fact that it's not a good thing you know these cartels yeah they're they do best they 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 keep it between them and everything yeah they have their own wars and, and stuff uh but still it's not the right thing to do so there's th that ethical people that believe that no there is that is not good you should not put like your trust or you should not have faith in these people you should not like consider them like deities for example because there's some people that even considered like the these like famous uh like drug lords and and cartel members like gods pretty much and they like almost worshiping them so that's that part of the people but there's the other part of, of the people like i again as i mentioned that do consider them like oh like like they're deities they're gods they're they not specifically pray to them but they do look up to them like there's people that even uh you know strive to become that 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 uh drug lord they strive to become this leader or as we as the people call them patrones in, in spanish um and and that's where like it, that's where the where the difference comes in um and, the, and obviously that's mainly from what i've like i've seen i've heard uh where i've been i mean thankfully i've never been like closely related to anyone or i've known of someone that is in that business but but mainly that's been like just rumors and and i hope they're still like i still keep them as rumors because i i either uh, i don't 100 percent believe in them but i kind of do believe in them because i've seen like there's enough evidence to prove that point that they do see them as you know as gods as that's all like they're like they control the government and everything there's uh, a lot of layers to it so we won't go into it all but it's kind of interesting to talk about due to you know mexico's always had the two major issues of corruption and cartels and you know in terms of cdmx governments and blah 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 and the different regions and and today's climate and 
all those different relationships for it. It's it's probably one of the sort of big issues, and if the the big problem that's been there for a long time, which is almost integrated in society, if it uh, if trying to get rid of that actually would solve it. But this ain't a geopolitics podcast, and goddamn, we ain't going down that route. We're talking about you, Newman. So you currently live, I reside there. So how did you go from residing there to living from uh, in Texas? Was it a work-related thing? Uh, honestly, it's the cost of living. It's, oh, really? It's, yeah, honestly, like, it's not that bad here. Like, it's not the prettiest city in the world. But but comparing to, like, to to Texas, the city in Texas, uh, compared to, the, to my city here in Mexico, like, it's almost like double or the money you save by living down here and, you know, spending it in, in U.S. dollars. That's what a lot of people do, actually. Like, they they have these nice homes down here. They have these nice, like, cars and everything. Because they work in the States. They work in in, in El Paso. And and they, they just live down here in, in Mexico, which is... Which is honestly it does save you quite a quite a bit of money if you if you do that 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 sort of a lifestyle. That's interesting. I've never actually heard uh, anybody sort of say that they've moved because of, of sort of saving money. I find that kind of interesting. Do you do you work in America? Then do you sort of commute back and forth? Yeah, yeah. I mean, mainly um, I, I'm self employed, so yeah. and I, I'm paid in in U.S. dollars and and all of that stuff. So converting it to mexican pesos oh it, it does last more than if i were to be living in the states even though like I, I, my it's in my plans to move back over there uh but for now since i, I don't like to feel like i don't want to say i'm a like i'm in my comfort zone or anything because i don't like to feel comfortable i always like to be ambitious and strive to to better things uh but for now like i can see it's a comfortable way of living and you know and spending and uh administering i hope i said that right administrating you're administrating your money uh mm. because it's cheaper down here like groceries cheaper the the monthly bills are cheaper all of it it's way more cheaper than it is over there when you think about some of the things in regards to just you know general products and stuff like that would you get them from mexico or would you get them sort of from america or over it it really depends, honestly, because there's some things. For example, uh, let's say if I were to buy, I don't know, a TV. Just uh, just put an example. It's better to buy it in in the states because it's going to be cheaper. Uh, usually, like electronics down here, all of that, like that kind of stuff. Uh, it's actually way more expensive down here. Like, let's say an iPhone, it's a thousand dollars in the states. Here in Mexico, it's like thirteen hundred dollars. So that price difference, that price gap for for certain things, yeah, it's way more convenient buying them. In, in the states but but when it comes to like general stuff like groceries like i was saying all the monthly bills yeah that's that's where the mexico beats uh comparing to the states you mentioned to me when uh i was obviously asking some preliminary questions before this that you graduated from college with a bachelor's in business administration and uh that's correct in, in finance as well i'm sort of going through my own little path with uh with sort of degrees and stuff that I decided to go back to school mm -hmm. on certain things do you think that that those kind of degrees that you found were useful in any way in later life did you end up going into a role with that of course all the streamers stuff aside but did you end up using those for any good or was it something that actually ended up didn't really use in your um, life well honestly i can't say that i've used it to its full potential because i just graduated in december like i'm oh right, right. barely gra oh, yeah, right. Yeah, so like I, I didn't know that okay 
Yeah, so I just graduated like in December. There's like almost a month ago. Um, I I do have these jobs pending, like these job uh, offers that I that I got while being in college. Um, so for now, I can't say oh I've like used it to full potential. But but honestly, like what I've learned, what I learned in school uh, did teach me a lot, specifically in finance, how to mainly like you know manage my money. And I and I think that's a huge that that has been playing a huge part in terms of streaming because it's so easy to spend like the money you make uh, whatever whatever you make in in the streaming industry and like knowing how to like uh, take uh, take your finance uh, your finance and take in consideration what you can and can't spend what to save and not save like how do you how to manage your money properly I feel that's where I've been using it the most. And obviously, like these jobs that I had, these internships I had as well, I could say I used it too there. But as a graduate, I I can I cannot like I can't say that. No, I have not worked in my degree yet. Well, that's fair enough. Again, I thought it was a long time thing, so <laughs> I didn't expect you to expect Lee to, uh, to to get something so soon. Oh in, yeah, in no, rega- I'm, re- I'm a baby. <laughs> in regards to that that journey, um, how do you feel that journey went from from your sort of. Uh, undergraduate degree all the way through to your postgraduate those those years is there anything you sort of learned during that time um honestly what i i guess like the greatest learning experience i had during college was the social aspect yeah like they teach you in these classes i mean in my finance classes they were pretty boring to be honest but it did teach me how to like network mainly like the, I mean, obviously coming from a business school, like they're trying to like, oh, network this, uh, do this, uh, establish your own business and that. And I feel that that part of that my business school was very, very, very uh, helpful for me in order to strive for for better stuff, to be ambitious mainly. Um, and that's what that's I think that's the greatest like learning experience. And obviously, like the social aspect, like going out with friends during college, doing mm. this, the the freedom between, you know, high school and then going into college or university. Uh, that that was pretty fun, too. That was um, I mean, coming from me from coming from a private school, that was pretty, you know, strict with everything going and from going that to like the free life or the free student life. I I, I can say pretty much enjoyed it a lot and it helped me you know mature in the way to know how to administrate your time compared to like having a set time schedule so there was a lot of stuff between like the academic side and also on the life part per se like how to like you know be an adult uh it did teach me a lot yeah. you do the old streamaroony on the twitch platform you originally did the Mixer. See, that seems like an old, old platform now as time goes on and on and on. Mixer around the October of 2019. And, uh, well, as the story goes with everybody that we've talked to about the switch from Mixer to Twitch, of course, what happened happened. And then everybody switched over. Although you mentioned that you applied for a partnership on Mixer. Um, and then obviously that's when that shutdown happened. Yeah. Um, so pretty much, uh, I, when I started in October, uh, I did see this like, oh, it's a hobby. Uh, actually, I started because I was going through a breakup with uh, with my girl. We were dating for four years. Uh, so going from four years to nothing, it was kind of like, it was kind of hard on me, uh, specifically. So I tried to find this distraction. I f- tried to find, you know, a way to... You know, just to get my mind off of the breakup and get distracted, you know, like breakups suck. I'm 
probably everyone listening might know like how breakups are. They're, they suck. So I, I found this platform. I remember watching this video uh, from this person. Uh, the, his name is The Gaming Careers on YouTube. And I found this this video of how to like stream with with you know overlays like all the alerts that said oh this person is following you and everything, and I found that interesting because I always thought that you could you only were possible were were able to do that possibly with a computer, and mm. this this video was talking about how can you can do it directly from your console, so I started watching it, and 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 it was pretty easy you know to follow along you had to pay for this service and everything well in this case uh. You would have to pay for Mixer Pro. That's why that's why I went with Mixer because Mixer only offered this service uh, at the at that point in time. So I went with Mixer with that. I was like, you know what? Let's try this streaming thing and everything. And at first, like as probably every streamer, uh, how they started out, it was slow. You know, there was you know no one chatting with you and everything. And I feel that that's uh, that was like a like my starting point. That's where like okay, you know what? This is kind of fun. I'll give this a try. So as the time went on. Uh, you know, I started watching more videos, like how to like, you know, like streaming videos really, like how to do this, how to do that, not only tech wise, but also like on the social aspect, how to like network with other streamers, how to like, uh, you know, socialize with these people, how to approach them, you know, in a polite way, not obviously not self promote yourself and everything, you know, there's a lot of like, ethics and, you know, even a culture uh, between streamers, which is, which I found at the time, very, you know, phenomenal, very new to me, very surprising and interesting um and the cool thing about mixer i mean compared to twitch what i do kind of miss was that uh on mixer it was more easy to get to know people by going into their channels yeah you can do the same thing on twitch you can you know network say hi and chit chat and everything and meet more people but i i feel that on mixer and that's why i loved mixer is that it was easier to you know be able to like uh, to genuinely build relationships and not get these cloud chasers as it is now with Twitch, or at least in my experience, you know. So, so that's what that's what kept me going with um, with Mixer. And after that, like I went in streaming, I met more streamers, I met new people uh, to the point where I was eligible uh, for for applying for partnership. I, I met the. The minimum requirement of followers, uh, because it was at the time the minimum, it was uh, you needed to have two thousand followers, I believe. Right. Uh, you you also had to. Can't remember that I'm at the top of my head, but pretty much the only thing I was missing was the two K followers. So as soon as I hit that, I was like, you know what? Like, there's nothing to lose. I'll apply for it. I was being a, like even like not peer. I don't want to say peer pressure, just a little bit to be honest. And <laughs> you know who you are who peer pressured me. <laughs> Uh, but, but not peer, I don't, I don't like to say peer pressure, but I was kind of like motivated, you know what, like if I get a no, I'll just strive for better and, you know, make my content better, more valuable because at the end of the day, you have to provide value in your content in order for, for people to watch you. Um, so I, I applied and everything and like a week later, I remember like, you know, going rehearsing my my letter, proofreading it, everything. Like I wanted that thing to be as perfect as possible. I've never proofread something, not even for college. <laughs> and and honestly, like when I applied, it, yeah, I was like nervous, checking my email, refreshing it every five minutes, every day. You know, like it was nerve wracking. It was it was a, it was a nice feeling. But after that, that's when you know Mixer decided to tweet out. You know what, guys? Yeah, 
we're shutting down. <laughs> we're shutting down. Yeah, all of you that all of you that did, like get paid by us. Yeah, you guys you guys have to feed your families. Yeah, that's no longer a thing. Good luck out there in the world. It was a kick in the ass, man. <laughs> it was, it was, but uh, you know, it, it, these well, timing wasn't on your side, but at the same time, it was because, of course, as it would switch over and Twitch would be a thing, it's something that's a lot more accessible for uh, a lot of people. And man, a lot of people made us some some real good money off this, and obviously, there's different categories of different stuff. And Twitch itself has gone beyond just the people streaming video games, or maybe even just streaming that sort of interpersonal relationship with each other from the fan to the streamer. We've we've sort of adapted on this platform. I think we might be part of it, but it's it's <laughs> adapted on the on the platform for not just that. Now you know we've got people who can do art. We've got people who can sort of almost have a glimpse into their life. We have the the weird issues of the sexualization that, you know, people always have the, the problems with when it comes to obviously only when women do it and, and, and all these type of things. Why does this issue keep coming up again and again where, I'm talking the big time streamers here who have the fifty to 60,000 views at one time to um, the, the, the big phase was at the time with the hot tub stuff and also oh with goodness. all these different things. <laughs> it's, an, it's a weird conversation because it's, it's, it's kind of ironic in a way because... When these these topics come up about, uh, why are they doing that for? You know, isn't it a bit cheap? Or this is the whole Twitch thing, blah blah blah. Um, but of course, you know, these people that moan that look at it contribute to that income. Um, what, what's your sort of opinion on these types of? Do you think it's right? Do you think it's wrong? I don't think it's. I don't. I honestly don't think it's right or wrong like that. I think I I'm pretty neutral with it. Yeah, there's a lot of people that like. I'm speak. I'll speak first on the viewer side and then on the creator side. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of like, you could say thirsty people, especially on the internet. Like how easy it is to access, you know, these certain adult sites. It's how easy to it's it's you know to access all of this stuff nowadays. So I feel on that side, like people tend to like just like on that side. I'm kind of iffy with it. Like yeah, like I don't know. I I I still think there's other stuff. Like there's other better stuff to do uh you know then just doing that but yeah. on the creator side though honestly there's a need for everything like you honestly if you want to do that that's on you like that's your channel yeah like a lot of people might disagree with them um because it, a lot of people say oh it's unfair you know uh i came in a genuine way i'm here to you know play video games create a community space and everything but it's that's the whole point. What I mean, like, there's a niche for everything. There's going mm. to be an audience for everything. Like, there's going to be that, like I said, thirsty people that just want to watch these um, almost like you know these women with provocative uh, dressing, or even some guys with you know like shirtless guys, topless guys that and you know and watch them and everything. And there's the niche too to watch the video game aspect. Um, I I could say like uh, I personally don't find it appealing to watch a you know a hot tub stream like especially like it even surprises me that that like people actually like send money and stuff because at that point it's just that they want attention i've always seen it as mm. people want attention especially as a viewer yeah. like i can say like oh imagine if i not fantasize but if i am like a big fan of i don't know like this big streamer uh and if they say my name like these people genuinely feel you know happy about it 
And if they feel happy about it, like, I mean, you do you. You're a grown-up. You know what to do with your money. If you want to send $1,000 to this uh, half-naked person, then, I mean, that's on you. You know, like, I'll mind my own business because, like I said, that's on them. So when people say, like, uh, oh, like, women have it easier and this and that, you know, I honestly disagree to, to, to be honest. Like, I really do disagree on that. Because it's the same, it's the same for everything. Like I said, and I keep repeating, rinsing and repeating, but it's down to the your audience. It's down to what kind of content, what kind of value you want to give uh, to to your specific audience. So it really depends on what you want to do. So uh, honestly, you do you. If you want to stream in a hot tub, that's on you. You'll find your your audience. If you want to stream video games, and that's on you, you'll find your audience for video games. So that's why I really don't like care too much about it. I just like. Just I'm I'm neutral. I really don't see it mm. as an issue or as something like beneficial either. Like I'm just neutral. It's an interesting debate to have, not from the typical masculine ideology of, oh, you know, put some clothes on, blah, 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 but the sort of double-edged sword that it gives. So you think of young kids or teenagers that watch those type of streams. They're almost uh, sort of sensitized to women in, you know, I sound like some like conservative look at them in their scantily clad clothes. But mm-hmm. in regards to what they see, that's what they expect now. They see women and female streamers on the platform. So when they do see the uh, female streamers that are doing, you know, just general gaming and things like that, you know, it kind of breeds that, you know, oh, get your clothes off or do this and do this and kind of have that expectation of what they want. Because, um, mm-hmm. But then at the same time, at the end of the day, you know, I'm a guy where if you can make some money, who gives a shit? Go wild. And, you know, mm-hmm. more power, more power exactly. to Exactly. But I also kind of think of the psychological element from that that point of in not their argument would be, you know, us even debating this is like, well, of course you would, you know, you're, you're inferior or you're uh, insecure or things like that. And, and my point is more to the flip side of that for not just themselves, because obviously they've got to be brave to do so, but just the sort of young, you know, men and women who for the men's side of it, you know, have these kind of negative uh, sort of thoughts of you know what women are supposed to look like and also this weird infatuation with that online culture and also females as well that maybe look at something like that and sort of have their own insecurities where it comes to you know body image and also what they expect to be and expect to do so i know you can't have all these great you know uh, expectations and also um good portraits of you know what's the right thing to do what's because at the end of the day it's the platform is to have some fun and that's kind of what it is but also be um free to pretty much do whatever you want i'm i'm more curious from the platforms perspective the twitch platforms and how they're able to adapt and things like that on any other platform even on just something like the top top stuff would be a no-no because it would be that strict but in fairness to them they've had to um, you know, really, ad- well, I say adapt, but they're getting money for it, so why do they care? But adapt to, you know, what are we doing, what are we showing, what can we do, what can't we do, and what do we not want to be having a, a bad sort of, uh, a bad retrospective of what is Twitch all about? Is it about the video games, or is it about the other stuff? Or is it just a place where you can go and see weirdos and, and, and do that kind of stuff? So that will be, you know, crazy. But I think the number one question that everybody has on our minds is when you're going to do a hot tub stream. <laughs> Uh, I've had that question. Go on, lad. A lot. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> here's the thing. You're not the first person to ask me about that, to be honest. 
Uh, hey, let me tell you something, brother. If people would throw money at me, I'd do whatever the hell they want me to do. Get the uh, strip all the clothes <laughs> off, get my speedos on, whack in the old little mini uh, paddling pole. Probably be the most pathetic thing you've ever seen, but if they want to throw money at me, <laughs> I can't go for it, right? Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, not that I've thought about it, but uh, I mean, at the time of this uh, recording, uh, tomorrow I'm hosting a, a subathon. I don't know if you've heard of what a subathon yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. So, because my birthday was yesterday, and actually, um, at the time of this recording, obviously, uh, my birthday was yesterday. And so, to celebrate my birthday with my community, I wanted to host a subathon. Last subathon was pretty fun. I actually enjoyed it, and people did enjoy it. But you know that it can be very, you know, tiring. It's a lot of like work and a lot of time to put into it, especially, and it's draining, you know, physically and mentally. Mm. So I, I thought like to way like to celebrate and to like hang out as a community. I, um, I wanted to host a subathon, and what I do with my subathons, I add like these goals per sub. Like, uh, like you have these goals, like oh, you get five subs. I, I'm gonna, I don't know, throw whipped cream at my face, something like that, <laughs> and actually. Uh, one of the goals there is I do a hot tub stream. Oh, wow. Oh, no. So, so that's why when you asked me, I'm like, <laughs> I mean, if, if, if the goal is met, then, you know, oh, you know, we God. have to, we, we're gonna, we're gonna have to, you know, like, <laughs> we're gonna have to, it's, it's by, by demand, by the community's demand, you know? Um, if that happens, so, you, send, you send me that link. I want to see that. Oh, I'll definitely will. I'll keep that in mind. I will send you the link. <laughs> Obviously, you know we gotta we gotta get in shape for it, so it'll be until summer if if we hit it. <laughs> but but other than that, yeah, like honestly, like if it wasn't for that, I personally would not do it because it's not the kind of audience I'm trying to reach. Yeah, um, I'm trying to like I'm trying to reach a, an audience where. Where people, uh, you know, strive uh, to be better and strive to become just more than just, you know, what they're meant to be. Like, I want these people that watch me to feel like, oh, I can do better than this, you know. If they're streamers, then then awesome. Become the next top streamer. Like, I want to help them out with that. I want to, like, not motivate. <laughs> well, yeah, motivate them, but I, I really don't. I'm not keen on motivation because motivation is only, you know, for a while. It doesn't last long mainly what lasts long is the consistency and the responsibility. Uh, and that's what keeps you, you know, striving to get better and better and more ambitious. But but I want, the, I want people to, you know, achieve their dreams because everyone should be allowed to, you know, live life. If they want to travel the entire world, they should be able to do it if they work towards it. If they want to, like I said, become the next top streamer, then they should become the next top streamer. If they want to be the biggest YouTuber ever and surpass, for example, PewDiePie, then bet, do do that. Like everyone should be allowed to do that. It shouldn't be locked to the lucky people or the millionaires or that. Like everyone mm. has the equal opportunity if you work towards it. So that's the kind of audience I'm trying to reach. I'm obviously trying to reach, you know, gamers, streamers, all of this. But I want these people to you know, feel not only entertained by and laugh or cry or whatever by watching me, but I also want them to strive to what they're passionate about. I want them to to grow in that sense. Well, I think that's a good, uh, good idea to do so. And we're going to come on to a little bit more of you in that because I feel there are kind of weird sort of negative feelings when it comes to... to to twitch because as much as 
you know the idea and obviously it's going to be different say for you than a higher um sort of earning twitch streamer with more views because it essentially becomes a business so i'd, oh, I'd, yeah. be, I'd be curious for those kind of people in regards to do they do they actually enjoy do this or is this just a job to them after all this time and that sort of crossover between what is fun for them what isn't and they might be grateful for what they do. Of course, you would be in terms of regular jobs and things like that. But then also there seems to be a lot of uh, sort of mental strength that comes with that in regards to not just the people, but the constant content and all these things and doing all these mm -hmm. other things and, and, and just kind of what you provide over there as well. I don't know if you've been in that same mindset yourself in if there it, it has streaming or just maybe it's the social side or maybe it's just the the streaming itself mostly the social side if you've ever felt a little bit like your mind's cloudy or you felt like it's a bit too much sometimes and you know this this sort of whole platform can i don't want to use the typical cliche line of it took a toll on mental health but actually really mm -hmm. made you think a little bit more about is this is this good for me or is this bad for me all the time yeah. <laughs> all the time uh i really do empathize with bigger creators and i really do also look up to them because a lot of people think this this is easy like you just hit record and boom or you just hit go live and boom like mm. there is so much that happens behind the scenes specific uh, especially with the bigger creators yeah like i get they have their own production team they have their editor their i don't know if they script they get they get their video scripted already uh you know, like they, they have more, let's say, ease of access and they have it a little bit easier in that side, like less stress on the actual like labor. But the mental side, I honestly, I empathize with them. I feel that that even like I, I feel I can't compare like my kind of stress to their kind of stress because they have millions, thousands of people watching them, millions of followers, Good. millions Are of subscribers, back? you know, and people that genuinely look up to them and honestly that's that's a huge responsibility that to carry on your on your shoulders um i recently actually this past year uh i had to take a break from from this so at least i had to give myself some time at least a month or two because it, you really do think about it like if this is something you're able to withstand especially starting out because you're if you really want to make this your job if you want to make a career out of this you have to like put in your 101% into it and not expect anything in return. Because mm -hmm. a lot of people think that going into this industry, this multi-million dollar industry, which, I mean, there's potential of you, you know, like better, like bettering your life financial-wise, obviously. But a lot of people expect that, oh, just by hitting go live, boom, I'm going to become a millionaire, boom, this. And that's why a lot of people give up with it. A lot of people... Or they see it too hard, like, oh, dude, I just want to sit down and play video games, but it's not working for me. Uh, and, like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to manage my business because, like you said earlier, it does become into a business. This is your your channel is your business. It's your storefront. It's your whatever whatever you turn your channel is. That is your business. And you have to treat it as a business. You have to administrate it as a business because if not, it's going to go downhill like every business does with poor management. So... So honestly, the mental side, it, it's crazy. It can be very, very overwhelming. It could be sometimes even detrimental. Uh, I can say Bender done, done that. But that's when where my like the motivation, the consistency and responsibility comes in. Because 
at first, when you start out, yeah, oh my god, I'm so excited for this. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to play video games. I want to edit these videos. I want to create these TikToks. All, like all of that stuff. Like you're so motivated to. You feel productive. But the days when, when the days come where you don't want to do anything, you just want to sit down and I don't know, just play video games or just lay down and watch TikTok or watch your favorite anime or whatever. Those are the days that truly put you up to this challenge to see if you're truly, you know, if this truly is for you. And makes you think like, because at the end of the day, it is a job. It becomes a job. Uh, it, it can be a job that you truly love. And there, I know a lot of people that enjoy their jobs, either it's their retail jobs or their corporate jobs or anything. But you have to learn how to lo love this job. You have to learn that sometimes it's going to be good or sometimes and sometimes it's going to be bad. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be detrimental. You're going to be going even bald. Your hair is going to fall off, you know. And but I think that's with every business, that's with every job, you know, it's something normal. And that's what differentiates the the point. Like uh, uh, even there's the there's a statistic of how many successful people are in this industry, which is 0.01 percent, I believe. Right. Uh, and that's what and that's what separates the successful creators with the other people, you know. But I also and, think about, and, and you're talking about the success of being on this, I, I do ask that question of what does it take to be successful on this? Because there isn't really like other professions whether it comes to entertainment that's a typical set of rules, you know, even if it comes to things like looking good, having the background look good, you know, a big personality, a chatter, um, mm -hmm. mostly females who look nice, um, males with edgelord humor there isn't and, and you see some who i mean there's no equation because there's different people that do different mm -hmm. stuff who are who i would call you know plain and they have their own groups of people there are people who have great personalities don't get a lot so of course like you guys when it comes to you and and kim and sassy man people that i've i've interviewed before obviously you, you're your own group so you support each other with your own sort of friendship groups whereas people who push themselves out there it's it is a real question about who or how what makes it successful because you know if you wanted to go down this uh hole as it were it was females that look nice then it was males who uh, who i don't know have some sort of weird personality and mm -hmm. you can't say for the people that did it short term, who got lucky, to the people who've been doing it a very long time, it's all about effort. It's all about consistency. It's all about people who've been doing it for. Because again, there are people that have been successful and haven't in all those things I just mentioned: longevity, short term personality, and stuff. So that's that's the question: is what does it actually take? Because there seems to be no actual cookie cutter type of explanation as to what it takes to actually be successful in regards to grabbing people. Um, for me. I mean, it's like you said, there is, there's no like de proper definition to what makes you successful in this. Uh, and that's where I want to dive into because it, to me, it's all about what you want to do with your, in this case, with your content. Um, for example, uh, for me, success, at least for me, success is being able to, but obviously not be, obviously good be a good entertainer and everything, like be good and love what you do. But for me, success is when you achieve that that like long term goal that you set yourself like that, you know, that huge milestone. Like, I don't know, like I want to get a million subscribers, for example, on YouTube. Right. Uh, you get those million subscribers. That's when you know, like, OK, at, at least for me, OK, I made it. 
now I have to strive for more. But I know I can consider myself successful. Like, as soon as you, like, hit that big goal of yours that you have, you know, striving and working towards, that's where you keep on moving. And that's where you, like, even grow way more. Like, you try to grow as much as you can because there's no, there's no end point with this. There is no end point. And also, like, uh, you have to maintain yourself, you know, what's the word? You have to maintain yourself... Um, I forgot the word in, in English. Uh, not relatable. Ah. Ah. What's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Almost like being on the same page. Yeah, like you, you have to maintain yourself. Uh, like, you know, ah, I have the I have the word on the tip of my tongue. It's a specific word. Uh, no, if I remember, it, I'll, I'll go back to it. But you have to maintain yourself, you know, like, like current, not current. I have it on the tip of my tongue. But anyways, like if I remember it all. Trends and stuff like that. Not, no, not like current trends, but you have to... <laughs> I forgot the word. Ah. Uh, well, yeah, I forgot the pop, word. You can pop it back up if, uh, if you remember. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do that because I, I have it on the tip of my tongue, but I completely forgot about it. But you have to, like, you have to honestly, like, still be, uh, you know... Like, you still have to be still may, be making a mark, you know? Even if it's not, like, with newer generations or new a newer audience or evolving audiences because, uh, like, as time passes, like, new trends come in, new sort of, st like, style or content style comes in. But at least, like, being able to maintain your, your, your like I said, the value you provide for your audience and for potential audience, I feel that's what defines success. Obviously, the financial-wise, as soon as you can, you know, pay your stuff, feed your family. If you have a family, pay you, like even like give you some luxuries, like going out on trips or something, like living comfortably and being able to pay like your bills and all of that stuff. I think that's the, for me, that's the definition of success. Being able to maintain yourself, uh, you know, viable, ma maintain yourself, uh, you know, like, I, I keep forgetting the word. <laughs> I, I try to remember it. I try to remember it, but no, it didn't work. Uh, but even like keeping yourself, you know, like current with not specifically with trends, but honestly, just yeah, uh, you know, keeping your 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 current audience and try to expand more. Like like I said, there's no endpoint to this. Like it's either you go above and beyond exponentially growth, or you just your channel just die out dies out slowly, and nothing lasts for long. Like yeah, there's gonna be new creators that will come in that will overshadow you in due time. Because, I don't know, because you're too old or your content's boring already or you're not the same as before or like this and that. And like one great example, um, for me at least, uh, it was uh, PewDiePie. Like that guy made like these gaming content. Like then he went downhill like with the whole like content shifting and everything. But he's like back. He'll like that's that's like it really depends on like what your success is. Like what what yeah. what what do you see as success? Like I said, for some people, it, it, it for some people it varies. For some people, it might be you know what I just want to I don't know stream for my friends. My mm. friends watch me; they have fun. If you're doing that, if you're if that's your goal, then you're already you can consider yourself successful because yeah. that's what you're trying to do with this. Like it it really depends on what aspirations each uh, creator in this case has. Let's do a uh, quick switcheroo of the old topics here. We're going to get into the old uh, video game talk, since that is what you do on the old uh, twitcheroo. But the 
topic I want to bring up is this. So I've had a few different conversations with people that have been on this uh, podcast in regards to the video game industry, blah, 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 and all different uh, sort of situations that happened. But even since I've been talking to them, a lot of things have happened since then. And uh, there was a great article uh, that just came up for uh, New Year, just after Christmas, from Bloomberg Opinion. And it was talking about the video game industry and the sort of attitudes towards female characters of video games, but just the industry in general in regards to female characters, female editors, female players, all these different things. And um, obviously different companies, video game companies, really taking a battering for certain issues in mm. in the workforce. So, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, uh, the video game business has had a long troubled history of sort of sexism, if you want to call it that. Gender stereotypes, probably a better word. Um, scandals have happened at different gaming companies. And obviously the, the gaming industry, I feel like, is far behind when it comes to culture and sort of repair its reputation in regards to these um, shows in particular. When you see some of these hit releases as well, there there is, a, I mean, of course, there's a big market for games that portray women as sort of smart, resourceful, rather than pawns or victims and objects of male desires as one uh, article uh, like to wrote as well uh, i want to bring you to an incident that uh, they mentioned in there where i think this is an activision and some i think a, a female a female in the audience uh, shouted out to a panel of people activision you know i love the fact you have this is this is the line they use i love the fact you have a lot of very strong female characters because the uh, panel was all male. Uh, this is to developers of Activision Blizzard. And she said, however, I was wondering if we can have some that don't look like they stepped out of a Victoria's Secret catalog. Now, at this <laughs> point, you would think, yeah, get them. And she did get a, a spattering of applause, but then it was drowned out by a sea of booze. Uh, instead of defending her, the developer developers actually ridiculed her suggestion. So this is during a time, what still I guess is uh, as well, where that, that time was when there was sort of hostile attitudes towards women in the industry in, in general because of the characters. Um, I know Microsoft Corp hosted like a party five years ago with like scantily clad female dancers on platforms. I think the head of Xbox had to apologize. Um, League of Legends maker, um, Riot Games has been sued for gender discrimination, Ubisoft Entertainment, Activision Blizzard, let go several executives, obviously the allegations of widespread sexual harassment. Um, but at the same time, there doesn't seem to be a, lots of signs of progress. So um, someone's pointed out, for example, 2017 Horizon Zero Dawn shows there's a huge market for games that don't denigrate women. So Zero Dawn's main protagonist is a female character, doesn't look a supermodel, it's set in a post-apocalyptic time, far in the future. Um, a character, Alloy, uh, battles robotic dinosaurs, aims to stop the rogue artificials, blah, 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 blah. Even just developers like that wanted to create a believable insp inspirational hero that are, was a female, but players uh, love the character in the game sort of engrossing narrative and production values. Then it ended up, you know, selling more than the sort of 10 million units. Um, then there was a sequel to it, The Horizon Forbidden West, um, which is going to be coming out at some point, I guess, this year now, since we're in 2022. Um, oh, my goodness. So 
I, I guess in a way, characters like Aloy, um, and some, and again, it's debatable as well because you look at titles like Tomb Raider, Genshin Impact, Bayonetta. They have female characters in skimpy outfits, as they, as they you know, describe. Um, gamers sort of have this sort of sexist depiction of women and avoid many of the sort of games world top franchises. Blah blah blah. After all that I just mentioned, as much as that would seem like you know, it's an open and closed case. There are bad representations, blah, blah, blah. There are a lot of male gamers out there that would completely disagree and would say, well, the gender doesn't matter to the game. Who cares? Because I just want to play the game. Which, in a way, they're partly right, but that's kind of what video game companies are trying to cater to, the typical guy who's going to buy the game anyway because he doesn't care. And it's going to make them money, in fairness. That's what they should be doing. They wouldn't be doing their jobs as marketers if they weren't. But do you believe that there should be more female stereotypes? And do you think it matters? Um, uh, like, how can I say this? Like, I don't want to say like, like, I don't want to like, like, I really don't like mind. Like, for example, if it like, if it was a man or, or woman, like if they're, if they're like fully like it, it how can I put this into words? Like, I, I, I want to say, I, I don't care. Like if it weren't a problem, then it's fine. Like if everyone could agree with like, the kind of depiction of the character they're trying to like uh you know like portray with i don't know like the theme of each video game it could be you know i don't know a swimming video game or i don't know like it depends on the theme then fine but when they're trying i've seen games where they you know try to like sexualize specifically women and that's where the issue comes in you know and and like you said there's the people that you know what i just want to play the game i don't mind if they're like sexualizing this woman that's that's where the issue comes in but but it, I, I can say I have mixed feelings with it. Like I really don't mind as long as, like everyone agrees to it and sees it. Like okay, fine. Like they're not trying to like depict, let's say a a, a female character. They're not trying to depict her like oh like she's like wearing almost none, no clothes or anything like like that. Um, and that's fine. Like if that's not the point of, of they're trying to make, then okay, that's fine. But if they're like hugely uh, you know, trying to like, you know, show some cleavage. They're trying to do this and that specifically with women. Then that's where the issue comes in. Like, it's like I said, I do have mixed feelings with this. Um, specifically when they try to like, especially look down onto women. Um, because because it, sadly it is a thing. Um, I do want to say that that I feel that more and more that as this becomes a trend where like they want to like make this like where they don't sexualize women. I think it's gonna get to a point where female characters will be customizable. And as my friend Sassy may mention in the previous episode, that they, if they want to wear a hoodie and jeans, like they could so per se. Um, I mean, I've it, it, it's really a complicated topic to be honest. Uh, yeah, I feel I I. I do have mixed feelings about it. it re I really do. Like I said, it, it. I don't mind if that's not the point they're trying to make, but I. It, it would be a problem, or it does cause me an issue when they try to like prove a point, like, oh yeah, like we're gonna we're going to sexualize women because I know there's going to be people there. That some developers will try to aim for that to try to I don't know trigger the female audience or trigger specific audience, uh, and not only with females, but they could try to like even trigger let's say. Uh, 
you know, there could be like a, sort of like casual racism in some games. There could be like casual, you know, homophobic uh, comments or casual this, casual that. Like they try to like slip it in under the rug. Like, oh, like, like just put this in for fun. I either and and that's where the issue comes in. Like it, it really depends on the intent of the developers, I want to say. And that's where that's the issue. That's where the problem begins and why these issues are still a thing even in modern day when they should have been even an issue in the first place. Those are games regarded to females who aren't really put in great positions, but also there's a lack of female-centered stories or Mm -hmm. female-centered characters in any games. So from a storyline perspective, that's different to have that. But at the same time, as much as, of course, there is a, a full balance of male and female players for all types of video games as well, these games companies are still uh, putting their, centering their demographic to the typical male player mm-hmm. because they believe that they would be the most loyal. And in fairness, they would because that's kind of how. Let's talk about let's let's use the the sort of top ten type of games that would be used because the indie games and all those ones are going to be different and, and a combination mm-hmm. and different as as well. It would be those kind of new games with female centered that. You know, even though you shouldn't really play a game based upon if it's a male or a female, but people want that because there's such a lack of it. Of course, it should always be the story that's there. But in a way, certain video game companies have done the test of, okay, we'll do a female-based game, and it hasn't done as well than, say, their main RPG game, whatever, because those type of guys who play video games who don't really care about the gender norms haven't contributed to it haven't bought it because they don't want to so if you think about money talks that's why it's not as prevalent because their main demographic they want walk away but then you always have to think about well who was your demographic in the first place and should you put that Mm -hmm. into a more diverse than just a typical you know young teenager or, or elsewhere in regards to that so the question then remains does a female centered game make money Mm. I mean, like putting it into, like into perspective, like what you said and everything. Like, uh, I feel that, like, from, from before, like, uh, before anything, like, I feel that since, like, uh, it wasn't a thing. Like, it's for, for me, it was it's still kind of new. Like, it, it still sur- surprises me. Like, for example, like seeing like how much more women are getting involved, or even how much women women kept in like in secret that they played video games. Because I remember back in the day um like oh like yeah like little kids like guys like oh they can play video games and then once they saw like a girl playing video games they would like even like you know say something i get her like that and i feel that a lot of people specifically like the old like the older gamers that that have the money to buy these new games since they grew up in an environment like that i want to say that's why they don't perform as well because they always saw that oh like video games are meant to be for boys and boys on guys on this and that and that's and that's why like for example like a huge problem at least where i see is a huge problem is in and this is more like not like on the specific video game but this is like on the community of the video game for example on on valorant i see a lot of like sexism you know comments towards towards you know women uh Mm. specifically like if a girl talks in the game like oh like even a high guys you'll get the typical comment from a i like to say beta male 
uh, oh, go back to the cage. Oh, make me, yeah, you yeah. know, like, and and I feel that's that that's the kind of people that influence other people on. Oh, bro, like, there's a female in the game. Nah, I'm not gonna buy it. Ugh, you know, hmm. and that's because they probably grew in these environments where they either were taught uh, to be like this, where they were influenced with being like this. Because, like I said at the beginning, when video games were a thing, like there was, it was a rare case where you heard of a girl playing video games. And yeah, yeah, I, I, I want to say like, uh, I want to say it's because of that. It's not mainly on oh, because like if we put a woman like oh, it's like no. Like a woman is not going to be as superior as a guy. No, I don't think that's the case. But I think it's how, like, people grew up with, like, what kind of like ethics or norms or what kind of like stuff they and environments they they grew up with. And that, and since like the older people are the ones who spend more money on these games, the older people that have a job and everything are the ones who buy these games. I feel, and even parents too, like these parents that buy these games for their kids, it's like they could say, you know what, like has a women in it. I'm not a keen, I'm not a fan that uh, the women's a protagonist. No, I'm not going to buy this for my kid. So I feel like it's these people that grew up with that mentality and that misogynistic, I hope I said it right, mentality that keeps these games from being, you know, like, like being to their full potential. And that's where that issue begins. Yeah, and, uh, you know, as a parent, you could pick that apart three different ways. But, you know, are we getting too serious about some of these concerns when, you know, people just want to play the game on its own? And there's there's both sides of the argument. That's kind of why there are arguments. And it's not proven or clear cut. But uh, mm -hmm. let's let's focus it back to you. So a couple of games, a few games I mentioned that you play on, on your stream that I touched upon the top of the show. What game release are you looking forward to that are going to be coming out this year? Honestly... I mean, there's a lot, <laughs> but to be honest, like right now, like, yeah, like story driven games uh, used to be my thing, but mainly what what I'm looking more forward to is like the 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 journey that the current games uh, are taking and that the current games I'm playing are taking forward. For example, uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Apex Legends. I don't know if you've heard of Apex yep, Legends. Yep. Um, like that game is as much as it tilts me makes me rage a lot <laughs> uh it, uh, i love the game and 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 i think it's a really good game it's a solid game movement wise and everything yeah there's the typical game hiccups like bugs and all of that stuff for example the most recent bug there was this glitch with this uh where it was pretty much it turned to an op weapon into an even more broken op weapon you know it was it, it's bad but I, I like the to see the roadmap of where these games are heading. For example, that that that's how I felt with Rainbow Six Siege too. Like how like they would portray like uh, the the oh like we're gonna do this in the future, how it's gonna evolve, how we're gonna adapt to the new these new games that are coming out, uh, you know, or and how we're gonna evolve with these like the current meta and video games with the current this, how we're gonna like turn this into, you know, how we're gonna what can I say how we're gonna like um you know, improve the gameplay and improve the user experience, the game experience, and everything. So that's more the more of what I like, uh, what I look into. But if I were to say that I'm excited about a story, a story game, and honestly, like this is my favorite game of all time, I wouldn't change it for anything. Is Breath of the Wild two? 
Oh uh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't even oh played. My... I, I still haven't played the first oh. one. Oh, the first one is so good. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge Zelda fan. I like those story games have always enticed me. Um, I was a big fan of Ocarina. I was a big fan of Twilight Princess was a huge one in my childhood because it came out when I was like a kid and everything. But mainly Breath of the Wild just blew my mind. It just blew my mind. That, 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 that game was, it's beautiful. It's a masterpiece. It's so good. I and played all been... the old ones when I was uh, obviously, of course, younger. The reason I'm got it is because i am stingy when it comes to to video games i want to pay full price for video games i will wait until they're on some limited time sale difficulty is this has never ever 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 been in any type of sale because obviously it holds nope. its value so it's always been mm -hmm. of course in this country that's sort of 50 55 pounds whatever it may be in dollars mm -hmm. so for me i'm like having this battle with it i'm, I'm, I'm not i'm not doing it, it until you come down at price it, it, it's it's really good but it's then, really I, but then I get it. it for it to sort of hold its value because then it's obviously got a good reputation. Um, of course, you know it doesn't matter if you buy a game that's cheaper than what it was because even if it's shitty, it's you know you've lost you haven't lost that much than if you paid obviously full price for it. So it's not a bad thing. But you can all I can obviously look at that as saying, well, it's holding its value because it's got you know some great reviews and obviously people mm -hmm. are talking so highly of it being an actual brand new Zelda game with a new story from what it was before. So. It, uh, I, I kind of get it from that point. I just, uh, well, I'm just gonna be continue to be stingy. Yeah, I mean, I want to say we'll drop in price uh, when the new one comes out. Yeah, that's um, a possibility, of course. Yeah, and and, and and you'll be lucky enough to if you want to get if you like the first one to the point where you you're not gonna be like, oh, you know what? I'll just get the second one. You know, like you you won't have to wait for with that cliffhanger of an ending. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but honestly, yeah, and. And honestly, this is more like on the fun side. Like, I, I don't know if you played Lego Star Wars, like back in the day oh, when they course. came out. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness! Like when they came out, when they when uh, when they stated that this is gonna be the biggest Lego game they they've ever done. I'm excited about it. I don't care if it's a kids game. That game was my whole yeah, childhood. Yeah, Lego Star Wars are always pretty fun. I think regardless, they were they fun. Were yes, they were so good. So I'm ex I'm excited. I'm excited about that one. Those are probably the two games i'm i'm excited more it's like story wise and everything but mainly i do look into like current games and you know like especially you know first person shooters but but i can say yeah uh, uh breath of the wild 2 and lego Wars are like my the most i'm hyped about and obviously like um i have to look obviously into the list of which other games will be coming out but as far as i, I know yeah the those games are for me like i'm i'm, I'm hyped I need, I need them to come out a ASAP. Are you talking about one of them? I think this year is the, the Skywalker saga. Yeah, the Skywalker saga, yeah. the Lego Star Wars Skywalker saga. Yes. It'll, oh be, my it'll be interesting to see how they, they do that when a lot of these, obviously, TV shows they're doing on Disney Plus come out over this year and next year and, and maybe some more spin-offs they continue to do. And if they start to put those into a sort of Lego... Uh, Lego. See, Lego is one of those things, you know, yeah, it's primarily for kids, but... You know, I don't think anyone can really discriminate against Lego. You know, it's 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 a nifty thing. It's a it's a good hobby. It's a good focus. Oh. So I feel like oh, yeah. I don't think anyone can diss that really. And if you do diss it, I feel like it's, I I feel like it's one of those things. Even just the physical stuff, it's a good focus away from screens and concentration and dexterity as well. Oh yeah. So I feel like anyone can sort of benefit from that. Even even the video game ones are, are sort of good mm -hmm. in terms of just you know enjoyment and uh, yeah. Look forward to the the, the Skywalker saga. See if. I have a little bit of a, um, 
I, I love Darth Maul, and I feel like he doesn't get the love that he deserves because of, you know, all people always not liking them prequels. So anything with him in it, I'm always really excited for because I think, I just I just think he doesn't get the, doesn't get the respect that he deserves because of all these, uh, you know, people who don't like the prequels and all these people that have the idea of how things were, but... I uh, yeah. the, the, the Lego version of him makes so much fun. He looks like a oh, oh yeah, he's he's, <laughs> he's pretty he's pretty curious. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of. I mean, like, uh, looks... and I'm kind of as oh sorry about that. No, no, go on. Uh, I was gonna say, I mean, I'm kind of happy they've been like giving him the love he deserves. Uh, because like it, for example, like he's popped up uh, like in various occasions. I don't want to like spoil anything for any Star Wars uh, listener here that hasn't like watched any of like the shows or anything, but. Thankfully, he's been giving more love, like with the references through this, through that, through that. Like, I don't, I don't want to go into detail, like I said, hmm. um, but but I, I and, and it's one of the things, you know, like, for example, like the the whole memes about like the prequels being bad. I mean, the first one, yeah, it's, it's, it's not the greatest, <laughs> but like episode one's not the greatest, but like him as a like an antagonist. And Lord, yeah, I agree with you. I, he's one of my favorite characters, too, to be honest. And he wasn't like, like, like put into his full potential and mm. at least in the movie so so i feel you on that I'm, i feel you on that and obviously like i'm excited like like you said with all the disney plus shows that they're coming out how they're diving into like these different characters for example the newest uh show uh, Bo- uh the boba fett one yep yep book of oh it's good yeah the first yeah. episode was great yep and also i'm i mean freaking mandalorian I, I love that show that show was absolutely phenomenal like and and I'm excited like how they're going to more and more expand this universe. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's actually like a Darth Maul series or something. Oh, now that would be uh, my 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 wet dream, as it were. Especially if oh yeah. Him. Um, well, uh, I feel like they've kind of started to do something with him, and then not. I know they had a little thing with him in in one of the films, and then you know it was like oh, and then they weren't going to do another one, which kind of was something mm-hmm. to do with him. And then I think well, here we go, so back as well, but. The only uh, the only disappointment I always find is you can find this up on Wikipedia um, is essentially what George Lucas's uh, seven, eight, and nine films were going to be in his stories um, before. Mm. Obviously, it was sold over to Disney. So JJ did yeah. his version. Obviously, that's what's in the cinemas. And that's what came out and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy uh, if you look at it what his ideas were because you can see the similarities in in the one that was done because just different people, different. Um, different um uh characters like finn for example would have still been the stormtrooper but he was going to be he was going to be the son of uh han solo and and leah mm-hmm. but that the idea was going to be that darth maul would come right round again and that the five or the five what i say the seven eight and nine would eventually come back round to to darth maul being the the sort of the the, the antagonist um the main one essentially saying we never died but more he was the guy pulling the strings of more which is kind of interesting in this way but then they kind of went the way they they did um but even i feel like even if they'd done that people would still complain oh why are we getting that guy from that one because again certain fans have that sort of old uh habits with stuff like yeah. that but i still think some yeah. of that, that whole idea is still clever in you know having it come right back around again yeah i i remember i got so sad too when they like when he sold it to Disney, because I I own this uh this expanded expanded universe uh encyclopedia per se from Star Wars like I bought it like my my parents gave it to me on Christmas like back in two thousand and five two thousand and four, 
Uh, so it's old. I, that book is old. But it gives like all like the the characters that George Lucas created and even like the lore behind, you know, these people. It's not canon anymore. But basically, uh, like uh, basically like uh, speaking about like Han Solo and Princess Leia and everything like the, they had these two kids and one of them turned into like a Sith and everything like mm. the lore was amazing. And yeah. I thought the new movies were going to go that route by the way they were teasing it. Like, for example, with Rey and Kylo, I mean, I, w I always thought, like, I was like, if they follow that that expanded universe, then they're going to end up being, you know, brothers and something, you know? They, uh, I mean, yeah, then the ninth came out. I don't know. Well, well. <laughs> I, 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 it depends on sort of how they how they take it. Something that I really love to do, because I'm an avid reader, I do like a lot of the, the books, the novels that they create, because they have some really mm. good stories, whether it be within... They, they do this whole timeline of before republic after republic different time before yeah. everything you know the earliest earliest jedi to right far back after after nine to even working it after nine and also in between and having their own characters and even some of the the stories they do in that is fantastic because of it just being an author doing so and even great ideas they have in that in having a really long timeline of when it first started to you know it being where they had a council, where they ruled, and then they went into hiding, and then it came back out again, and everything kind of before the first film, like the Phantom Menace first film, and some of the mm -hmm. stories they have in creating their own characters in trilogies and things like that. You can take inspiration for that. I wonder if a lot of these TV shows will probably take stuff from those books because it's it's brand new stories that aren't connected to the films. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about uh, the like where they're taking it. I think they're doing a great job with all the shows. Specifically, what surprised me was the Visions one, uh, the anime yeah, version yeah, of yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, really good. Yeah, the, like each storyline. Like I, f I feel it was like a tease, like to see which one like performed better, which one performed the least better. You know, like and like they're. I feel they're gonna build stories out of each each of these. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm excited to see those because I enjoyed i mean i'm a big anime fan uh, i mean i love anime <laughs> yeah and seeing like seeing like two franchises like anime and star wars being combined together and by and you know animated by these like amazing amazing uh animation studios that i thoroughly enjoy uh currently like seeing them take their start like the role with star wars that it was truly an awesome experience for me and i'm excited to see what they're going to come out with that was a perfect, yeah, I, that's a perfect combination. You've got the action scenes mm -hmm. that can work in it and also it being, you know, um, a, a universe world and planets and things like that and all these, you know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a perfect combination just as it were when they were doing their own animation for Clone Wars and things like that. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm really excited for those. It's It, it was fun. I enjoyed every single one of them, especially the first episode. Oh, my goodness. So before we uh, head on down the road, let's put a little bow on uh, the the old Twitcheroo. How long are you going to be continuing to stream for? Honestly, until I get tired. <laughs> until I can say, you know what, this is this is not it for me. I'm not enjoying this anymore, or I don't see any potential, and I'm just wasting my time. Probably until then. But for now, like that's not even in my plans yet. Like like thinking about like you know stepping down the the streamer role um i still think that there's still so much to learn even though like i've been doing this for almost i mean it's gonna be three years this year uh, i still think there's so much to learn to this i still think there's so much uh so much uh like 
wisdom I can can get off not only on the streaming wise but also on the with the people you meet. Um, so I, I'm still looking forward to this adventure. I feel I feel there's still so much opportunity, and it's still a new industry too. It's still a, a there's a huge gap of opportunity here. Not only like being successful, but with like partnering with these big companies doing this and that. Like there's a lot a lot of opportunity, and I don't think. I don't think it's going to be to a point where, oh, you know what? There's, it's too saturated. I mean, it is a saturated industry, but at the same time, it isn't. So, so there's still a huge opportunity, not only for me, but all, any aspiring, you know, creator uh, out there that really wants to turn this into a career and a full-time business. Then, yeah, there's still so much opportunity for for a lot of people. Well, we're heading on down the road now, but of course, before we do, we've got to do the old world-famous, world-class famous Q&A. So, of course, Newman mm-hmm. will be doing uh, three live questions specifically uh, tailored to you. And uh, actually, before we do that, usually I do two questions that I ask every single person, but it's usually to due to the wrestling stuff that I used to do. So I'm going to do this towards video games. So let's do this with, uh, with you right here. What, what do you believe to be the most overrated video game? Most... Most overrated video game? I might, I might get had some hate for this, but I want to say, I, I can name a couple. <laughs> but I think the most overrated that I really feel like, like, like why, why do people hype it up so much? It's I, I want to say I might get hate for this, but I'm I might I'm gonna have to say it's a uh, League of Legends, for me. Okay. Yeah, I mean, isn't Le- that like, they've done, uh, they done like a Netflix TV show with that or something like that. They they did. I've heard it's good. I've had I've haven't watched it yet, uh, so I I can't judge a book by its cover and everything. I heard it's a good storyline and everything, but I don't know. Like I I've even tried the game. I've tried it a couple of times, and I just I just can't get into it. And don't get me wrong, I was a big fan of like those type of games. For example, I played a lot of back back in the day, Empire at War, Star Wars Empire at War. I don't know if you've heard of that game. Yeah. Uh, or uh, so like those kinds of games, like those clicking, you know, gaming abilities game, RP, RP, no, MMOs, MMOs, MMOs. That's the, that's the, uh, I just can't. And same thing like with like Smite, which is kind of the same thing. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how people can like these games. And in all fairness, like, like not, it's not for everyone's, but I do find that game super overrated and super overhyped and super over anything. <laughs> so with that being said on the flip side what is the most underrated video game you believe the most whew, the most underrated video game hmm I want to say I really wanted to say the new Star Wars Battlefront 2 okay the one that came out I mean it, it started off awfully yeah, I, I can agree on that. It was a horrible, they had a horrible launch. They had a horrible, everything was bad about it. But the other day I was speaking to a friend of mine uh, and he plays Battlefront a lot. Um, I even I even played with him a couple. Of, and honestly, the way that the game is now, I mean, sadly, it's, I think there's, I, I may be wrong, but what if, what he told me is that they're not like continuing. They're not like going to keep updating the game. They're just going to leave it pretty much to die. Uh, I think right now, like it's in the best, place it could it could have ever been uh they it could have uh like they listened to what the people wanted and 
they delivered, but still, like, it, it, since the, there was that sour taste uh, in in the in everyone's mouth of how the way they launched the game, yeah, I feel that's why that's why people stepped out of that game because I remember like back when when they announced it, how hyped it, everyone was about it um, after the first installment, which did pretty decent. I still, I really think it's an underrated game. Uh, I, I, I enjoyed it. Like I genuinely enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed how smooth it was, how fun it was, because it's one of those games, like those shooters that you play and you're just there to have fun. It's sort of like Halo. Like if you play big team battle in Halo Infinite right now, like you, you have fun. You're not like there's, of course, you're going to get the occasional sweaty person, but you you just have fun. You don't have to, like, try to be the best in the game. You just have fun. Like it. And that's that's what it gives me, the kind of vibes it gave me when I played it, like, a couple of days ago. Let's go down to the three specific life questions that I've designed just for you. Number one, as you get older, what is something that becomes increasingly annoying? Uh, my back pain. <laughs> Your back pain. Yeah, I mean, uh, 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 a lot of my friends call me a gym rat. Uh, sadly, I kind of hurt my uh, my back uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, so, so yeah, on the physical side of that. But honestly, as the as I grow older, like like speaking realistically, I think it's the amount of responsibility someone has to endure, like how how like when you fully you fully like go aware or, or you're completely aware of the amount of responsibility and the amount of accountability uh, self accountability you have to take on yourself in order not you know to be a an adult uh because everyone's dream was, as a kid was like oh like when i grow up i want to be this like i want to be that and everyone like as a kid strived to be an adult but when you get to be an adult like it's 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 scary don't get me wrong, like, I'm still, like, new to this, specifically now coming out of school, you know, like, actually, like, doing this and that, like, it's still a new thing to me, and and that's, like, the the, the biggest thing that hit me, like, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm now, like, officially, you could say I'm an adult, officially an adult, and, and it's just the fear of the unknown, too, honestly, yeah. it's really is, because you're, now you're 100% in control of you, like, if you... Of your life, I meant, sorry. Uh, and it can be scary. It can be very scary for some people. But at the same time, it's exciting as well. But but it's mainly that. Like how how aware like and how responsible you are of yourself now as an adult. That's That's probably the biggest thing. You're granted the ability to go back to any moment in history to stop a single item from being invented. The item can never be invented again. What do you choose? Hmm. Any item. Any, any, any. Hmm. Oh my god. Oh, that's a oh. That's a tough one, honestly. I mean Social media. <laughs> honestly Honestly? <laughs> I wouldn't say if I'm completely honest. I I wouldn't say social media because oh. I mean that's what I, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what we all do, and it, it brought it brought a lot of opportunity. But at the same time, yeah, there's so much, so many, like, like false information out there with you know social media. To be honest, like 
a lot of people probably agree like life before social media was easier. Uh, uh, in, a, in a way, obviously, like obviously there, in the moment there were some struggles and everything. But I feel that like with social media in this case, I feel that everyone would be more. I mean, in fact, it's, it's kind of hypocritical for me. Or we, we wouldn't even be doing. Yeah, this. no, so it's it's kind of hypo- Yeah, it's kind of hypocritical. That's why. That's why I'm I'm not saying like it's a it's a yes and no thing. Like I on one part, yeah, like social media can suck. Specifically, you know how many like fake fake stuff and fake the lives people portray there and everything and how many fake even news and fake inf- false information are out there. But. <sighs> But like without social media, like taking that away, I would, I would have to say, oh my god, that's a tough one. Like at the top of my head, it's kind of hard to think. Like boom, like this. I mean, mm. I don't want to be controversial here, but if if somebody said religion, I wouldn't uh, necessarily disagree. Not for being an- anybody being anti-religion, but if you think about if there were any wars that were not necessarily caused by it, a lot of people might not have been died. That's true. I mean, yeah, that that is true. I mean, that's a it's a tough question. I, that 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 was a that was a tough that's a tough question to be honest. Um, honestly, oof. Anything, 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 anything. You think I could think about that and then like come back to it later? Like, oh, of course you can. Why not? Okay. And yeah. The because that last, is, that the is last, tough. the last question on this would be: What scandals have made you mistrust credible corporations, agencies, or governments? Ooh, I can name a plenty, especially here in my in my country. <laughs> um, I mean. It's mainly a, it's a local one. Okay. Uh, it's especially it's a local one, a very uh, local one um, here in my city specifically. Uh, how I mean, and going back to like the first topic about like corruption and everything, but honestly, it's the, it's the media here, at least in my city and my yeah, country. Was, that was what I was thinking when you were talking about that. The it's the media. It, it's it, I truly don't. Um, I truly don't. I, I, I can't I can't trust them to be honest like there has been so much the, there's so much that goes behind the scenes to what is portrayed actually portrayed in the in you know in public that is left you know unknown specifically like how like for example here in my city like how they would try to sugarcoat all of the horrible stuff that would happen uh, specifically with like the whole like you know violence and the cartels and all of that stuff and that's what led me to not only see it in the local aspect but also like a nation and even a worldwide aspect and i can say it like the media in general the media specifically here in my country it's 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 horrible it's not not credible at all i don't want to say every single one of them i hope so i I still have faith in some of them like that they're like actually being as credible as possible to the extent they can be because you never know what they're under or or anything but I would have to say the media. Media is. Mm-mm. 
I no. certainly agree with that. And uh, where we are right now is that we're out of time. It is the end, end of our little podcast with uh, Newman. Let's do a little bit of the old promotional thing. If you're looking to find out what Newman's all about, his opinions, even what he looks like, and also his Twitch streams, you can go on to twitch.tv slash Newman99 for his regular Twitch updates and streams. You can also catch him on the Twitter machine at Newman underscore 99. He's got a big old link tree. We can find him on everywhere. YouTube on an Amazon link and also Instagram, TikTok and Discord. That is linktr.ee slash Newman 99. Again, we'll put all this, uh, all these links in the uh, description of this podcast again. But before we head on down the road, Newman, it is time for you and your last words and anything you'd like to say before we head on out. Uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for taking some time off your day, uh, you know, to speak about me and the interest, uh, you know, with the whole specific like local, uh, you know, aspect of what's going on down here. And and I was kind of I was kind of happy that like the whole thing that's happening here, at least in local, like people are aware of it. And I just and I just want to say like uh, once again thank you thank you for your time thank you for also the the stuff I learned today with you like I'm I'm a big fan of learning new stuff okay. so thank you very thank you very much thank you very much for all the for this learning experience mainly and I'm looking forward I'm looking forward uh, for a an, an, uh, future opportunity with this again. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll certainly uh, have some more discussions about various things. Thank you very much for your kind words. Generally, very much appreciate it. But from Newman and from me, it is stay safe, be good to one another. See you soon. Jamco Talks is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify.